funny. It's funny. It's just it's funny the way things happen. Well, I slept in. You may have noticed. I did until notice. Until almost nine o'clock. Yes. 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 I was watching the last Premier League game of the season. And I just had a call from my mom saying, Are you guys coming down? I said, Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Not today? Not today. Oh. All right. <laughs> kind of thing type of deal so there was that going on and I was trying to find music the installation is tomorrow right well I certainly hope so Diane. oh 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 you know Yes. Then I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. I was just sitting there, you know, doinking, and uh, I thought, Ah, ham and eggs. It's 9:32 a.m. Saturday, July the 8th, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill It is tomorrow. No, it's today. The Bill and Diane show? No. Oh. <laughs> Appointment for your mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I had the day wrong there for a minute. <laughs> Happy Friday or something, you know. <laughs> Special edition of the... <laughs> well, it's been a... Um, it's been an interesting... It's been a, a warm week. It's been a... It's been a empowering week. It's been the next in a series of... Weeks wherein one assumes the best from life here in Lake Abundance. Over to you. <laughs> Why over to me so fast? Why not? My brain is like, you know, still in bed. <laughs> still half asleep, if you know what I'm saying. Well, my, um, my journey into the medical world uh, continues. And, yes. Um, but all with very... Kind of heartening news, you know. I I yeah. feel like you're getting nothing but pep talks here. Yeah, I went to see my radiation oncologist yesterday, and well, that's a scary word. Yeah, it's a scary title. It's a scary title, but you know what? What can you do? What can you do? And uh, but she gave me good news, and I feel like everything's kind of in place, and I've got. I've had a lot of communications with um, my nurse navigator. See, that is a sweet deal. The way they got that all streamlined and, you know. And my scheduler for surgery. And so at this moment, the surgery is set for August 1st. But the the person who's scheduling the surgeries is still trying to see if anything happens. I think if they get any cancellations or whatever that are within the time frame right. that they will 
slip me in. That's what I told them. You know, I'd take whatever works, but but August 1st will come soon enough. It certainly will. So, so that's the news on that front. Yeah. And other than that, I've been feeling really good and, you know, it's kind of funny. One of the questions on the, the survey I took for the radiation oncologist, because they're with Fred Hutch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though they have my UW, uh, I mean, my chart from the UW medicine, they have their own forms. So I had to fill out forms for them. Sure. But and they're one, affiliated with the UW. They are. So yeah. they can all see each other's right. notes and all that. Yeah. But one of the things that was asked was a series of, you had, had a series of answers about your health. And the one I chose was that I feel healthy, but I am, um, but I'm not. I mean, I, that, that was kind of the gist of the question. Right. Because I could do all my, my regular activities, but I'm not healthy is the thing. And it's really a weird thing to say, I'm not healthy, <laughs> when you feel perfectly healthy. But yeah. but then you realize, well, I'm not, though. I mean, this is something that I'm... Um, cancer doesn't care. Cancer doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'm healthy. Cancer doesn't uh, yeah. care. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I feel kind of poised and ready and i read through all the materials that they gave which were and quite... some other materials as well yeah um and got a lot more information about what's going to happen and tried to be as prepared as i can and that's all there is to it there you go there you go but thinking back on the week um i think one of the most notable things for me was that uh, I had a tarot class on Sunday. Oh, last right. Week. There was a whole... Yeah. This is where I just kind of sit back and, and you know, fairy flakes. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. And I just <laughs> sit in the slipstream of the fairy flakes. You boy. Right along, you know, just so just, just good coffee. bear with me here as I, <laughs> as I just kind of relax into the, into the floaty-doaties of the living with Diane and, you know. Well, in my tarot class, we did a thing in January that was called a Deccan draw. And the Deccans are um, that each tarot card has a particular period of time that's called a Deccan in astrological terms. So the card that is associated with the the period of time um, of the astrological nature of its. So you draw this in January, and it's supposed to be in some way predictive. It's supposed to say like, it's supposed to be that this is a a time of your year that is going to be highlighted okay. in some way. Right. And so the decan um, is so you pull two cards. One is the decan that is going to be the highlight. You right. know, this is the time of year that is going to be highlighted. And then you pull uh, another card that is 
sort of uh, indicative of, indicative of some way of being during that period of time. Right. And uh, in any event, the, this duck and draw that we did at the beginning of the year, uh, it's it's held within the teacher's spreadsheet. She she oh, basically she kind of keeps track. Of she keeps track and. You could have, if you wanted to, you could uh, put in your calendar, this was the time of year that um, I chose, but I purposefully didn't because I thought if I do that, then I'm going to really be watching too closely yeah. what would happen. So uh, so at eight, about 8.30, the night before the class, I get an email from the teacher and she sent this email f to four of the students and she said all of you had deck and draws within this this last month period and uh at tomorrow's class if you feel uh that you would like to share what you noticed during the deck and draw uh you could be highlighted at the class so um i looked at my deck and draw and the period of the card that I chose for the deck and draw, the 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 period that I would be highlighted was the two of cups. And the two of cups, the decan it it goes from June twenty first and ends either on June thirtieth or July first. So <laughs> I I was astonished when I got that because I looked up the day that I got my breast cancer diagnosis that they gave me the news and it was June 21st and I was like oh my gosh so the uh, the card I drew as the the action card well sort of like card. it's what imbues that period oh. the you know what uh that's what i want to say that it what imbues the period okay and i received the ace of wands and the dates of the ace of wands are june 21st through september 21st because each card has uh astrological significance and so this particular so it for both cards it was June the 20. timing of yeah. the June 21st. And the, the period is called Cancer One, which is kind of remarkable in itself. Because it falls within the cancer, the astrological sign the of astrological cancer. The astrological sign of cancer. Oh, yale And it's Cancer One rather than, you know, because there's different decades. You see what I'm saying here about the fairy dust, you know. Can you feel it? I don't know if it translates, but can you feel it? So I was kind of astonished by the whole thing because I'm in the first stage of cancer too, right. you know? Also. Also. Yeah, cancer stage one. But when I looked up about the Ace of Wands... I thought it is what has imbued this time because the Ace of Wands, first of all, is associated 
the different suits have different um, uh, elements associated with them. And the element for the Ace of Wands is fire. And all aces of every suit are associated with spirit. But the Ace of Wands, it's fire and spirit, and it's doubly associated with the spirit because of wands being this fiery, you know, the impassioned beginnings of things, the initiation. And it represents creativity and potential, one in all and all in one, life force and will, courage under pressure. And uh, it contains, the Ace of Wands contains all cards in the Kabbalistic sense. Its particular connection is to strength, and it's a, it would be just this feeling of uh, recognizing all that is around you that is the one in all and the all in one. So I was thinking about how I was so, instead of being in despair, that I was thinking more about this overpowering outpouring of love from all the people, uh, not only friends of mine, but strangers to me who knew you. Um, I feel that during this period of time, I was seeing more clearly the challenges um, of the truth that we are all one. And knowing how essential it is to have the power of all my friends um, united around me like a circle of magical force in this whole process and not wanting to see cancer as something to fight or it's something to battle but seeing it as something to bring all my vitality I mean that's the way I was even talking about it I thought I want to bring my vitality which is absolutely an ace of wands quality right. The vitality of life force. And it's like you were saying, you feel healthy, but you're not. Yeah. yeah. But instead of thinking, oh, I've got to battle this or fuck cancer, <laughs> I want to feel like I bring all the the living part of me to bear. I, I bring all my, my gusto for life. That's what I bring. Not trying to defeat something, but rise something right. within me. Right. And uh, so I, I was uh, astonished by this draw, and I wrote to my teacher and told her, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was going to happen, and uh, that this would be the, <laughs> that this would be my deck and draw, but also that something so momentous, and not necessarily great, but, yeah. you know, um, would be happening. So during the class... I I told the class about my deck and draw and I was also talking about uh, the magical things that were surrounding this whole time that I've already spoken of last week on the show the the heart-shaped glasses of the, the nurse at the MRI the the encounter with the stage four lung cancer um, Person. woman that I befriended in the, the reception, the uh, all the different things that had happened around this time and seeing 
sort of the magical elements that were in the process rather than dispelling it because something was happening to me that was not positive. And then I read the poem that Kevin Castle sent to the poetry break, which was so powerful to me. It was a Mary Oliver poem that I always loved since I read it. And Bill, said, you said that you had not even read it before. I, I, if I'd had, I, it hadn't jumped out at me as being one of those poems. That... But when I read it, because I, I said, may I read a poem that kind of encapsulates this for me in some ways? And I told the class about the poetry break and how uh, different people had sent poems that they thought were even indicative of my time. And I, I uh, read this poem that is When Death Comes by Mary Oliver. And when I read it, I just was weeping through the thing. And I kept apologizing at, at the end about reading it so poorly. But the rest of the class were saying, you read it perfectly, you know, because I was so emotional. Um, and... I just feel like that poem is so much the way I want to live my life. And I thought that it was very much an Ace of Wands kind of yeah. poem. Yeah. So perhaps I should read it, actually. See if I could read it as badly as I did that day. <laughs> and I told the class, man, I'm not crying because of my state in this. I'm crying because... I'm just so overpowered by uh, Mary Oliver's work. Wow. So here's the poem. When death comes like a hungry bear in autumn, when death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut, when death comes like the measle pox when death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades. I want to step through the door full of curiosity, wondering, what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? And therefore I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I look upon time as no more than an idea and I consider eternity as another possibility. And I think of each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy and as singular, and each time a comfortable music in the mouth, each name a comfortable music in the mouth, tending as all music does towards silence, and each body a lion of courage, it's something precious to the earth. When it's over, I want to say, all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I've made of my life something particular and real, I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. 
I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. Yeah, that's about the way I read it. It's, it's a good poem. It's oh a my gosh. It's a good one. Well, just that whole idea of being a bride married to the amazement. Yeah. I just feel like that's all I want to do in life. So even when something is going on that is scary and frightening, I want to be part of the wonder of all of that, the beauty and the terror that are combined with each other. It's always is true of life. Right, because you've encountered a lot of beauty since your diagnosis, you know. I have. Yeah. I would say more beauty than, than terror. terror. Yeah. But a lot of it is because I've had a period of my life where, I mean, even the fact that a lot of the the friends that I have that have had cancer, it's like this uh, another connection point for for my friends because it's sort of like I understand what you're going through and the it's just been marvelous along those lines. So. So the class was all in, uh, everyone was weeping in the class. Luckily, everyone was weeping. (laughs) Um, But the teacher was saying that the Ace of Wands is also beginnings and, you know, the inspired beginnings. And she said, I just feel like this period will be the initiation of something different and new, a new chapter of your life and I feel that way too Um, because whenever you have these you know through your life you are uh, isn't it always something bad that kind of shakes (laughs) things up I mean I kind of feel like we all want to have our lives kind of go you know just swimmingly in all ways and that we encounter no difficulties and but how boring that would be right. and I I feel like it's when the bad things happen that all of a sudden you do have a new chapter and a new thing to address in your life so yeah, it's kind of like what the pandemic brought into everybody's lives you know and stuff like that a kind of quietness a kind of inward turning a kind of analysis of of our lives up to that point you know well and also just knowing that life is is so uh <laughs> that it is not to be domesticated as as John O'Donoghue said yes. that it isn't like everything is and that's another thing that I came across was in another in my mind magical thing because this note from John O'Donoghue uh, appeared in my uh, Facebook because you know they bring things up that you have not been looking at that Mm -hmm. you posted a long time ago and that particular passage was so it was what did that because that was brought up in a particularly I think something was going on that day but it certainly was the period of time it came up on June 25th and the the name of the passage was The Question Holds the Lantern, which I I think is part of this whole thing. Yeah. You know, the the question, the problem is what holds the lantern in your life. But 
I love that he said, humans have an uncanny ability to domesticate everything they touch. Eventually, even the strangest things become absorbed into the routine of the daily mind with the steady geographies of endurance, anxiety, and contentment. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steady geographies of endurance, anxiety, and contentment. Only seldom does the haze lift and we glimpse for a second the amazing plenitude of being here. Sometimes, unfortunately, it is suffering or threat that awakens us. It could happen that one evening you were busy with many things netted into your role and the phone rings. Someone you love is suddenly in the grip of an illness that could end their life within hours. It only takes a few seconds to receive that news. Yet when you put the phone down, you were already standing in a different world. All you know has been rendered unsure and dangerous. You realize the ground has turned into quicksand. Now it seems to you that even the mountains are suspended on strings. <laughs> I like it. I like the way that guy writes. Anyway, yeah. he goes on. It, the whole passage is beautiful and wonderful, but I don't need to read it all. That was the when I read that, I thought, "Oh my God, that's that's what's happening to yeah. me." You know, in this case, it's me that got the phone call and says, "You you have some something that can end your life in a moment," and um, and I felt like, yeah, that's it's to keep you from taking everything for granted for taking your life for granted, just letting it slip away. And and it's also times where you can mark what's important to you and are you achieving what is important to you. And um, that's why I don't like the idea of a disease being a fight. Right. Because I actually feel like everything has a gift in its hands. Everything that comes to you comes with a gift um the joyous things it's really easy to see what the gift is but with the the hard parts of your life it's harder to see but when you start looking it's pretty easy to see too you know yeah and in this case i just feel like yeah this is bringing me a lot of and particularly at this time of my life to have uh, something shake me up enough to think I've got to view my my life for the for the duration in this keep viewing it in this magical way don't miss what's happening and that's why I think I'm even given gifts like pulling cards that are so uh, very dust very <laughs> very very dust Very nose blow. Very nose blow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're one of those kind of people, Diane. It's kind of fun to hang out with you because it's, you know, there's all these archetypical moments. <laughs> you know, the archetypes are everywhere in this house. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I, when I think about my MS diagnosis, it, that's what freed me into my full-time creative life, you know. And I played the heck out of my guitar until I couldn't anymore. You did indeed. And I'm writing the heck out of, you know, my life uh, regardless. Uh, and uh, I don't know. 
Well, that's why I just feel like so you had your time as a songwriter and and I know I've said this before in the show, but when I interviewed you, you had wanted to you were having a tough time choosing between being a poet and a songwriter. And I remember very clearly you saying that they are two they come from two different places even though they seem similar you know to people who don't know and i i really feel like you are living the whole of your life as it was put forward to you even when you were young you got your time as a songwriter and even though this has been you may think i've had this taken away but what came in its place what was the gift that came out of that negative thing and i don't know i mean i i know it's probably for some people a a strange view of the world because i i think that a lot of people would say well what about you know these horrible things the pain that you feel and all that but i don't know this life is so mysterious and i just I don't want to ever lose the mystery of it to just domesticate my my emotions into Your amazement at what happens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just Tuesday. Yeah, just another day. Well, and especially every time you wake up in the morning, I remember hearing that Jacques Clouseau every Jacques time Cousteau. Cousteau. Yeah. <laughs> Jacques Clouseau. Jacques Clouseau. What is it? Yeah. You have a room for the minky. Jacques Cousteau. Yes. It's been a lot longer since I've heard his name. Man, when he we were in high school, his name was oh, yeah. all over the place. Oh, yeah. You always heard about Jacques Cousteau. But I remember that he would wake up every morning and say, thank you for being alive or something. He yeah. would be just in this state of amazement that he got to live another day. Yeah. And I just feel like we domesticate even getting up and and waking up from a dream and being in this world and i don't want to be there i want to always be in amazement at everything that's going on even the the small things that happen in the life like a lot of people would say well so her the woman's glasses had heart-shaped frames what does that mean you know (laughs) her heart-shaped lenses why why is that any big thing it was a big thing to me at the time thing. yeah so wowzers dude wowzers so that was my the the highlight of my week i would say i would say mine too and the poetry break well the poetry um, break is yeah an outgrowth of who i am now you know yeah and it's another gift because i I get a lot out of it. I don't know about anybody else, but I get enough out of it that I'm going to keep doing it because it's enlivening for me. But I always feel like if you have one person yeah. who is moved by something that you do, that's enough. Yeah. Like this show, we don't have that many <laughs> listeners. I don't care. I don't right. feel like, why well, in, don't we have but multitudes? But they are an elite group, of Diane. I mean, intellectually. They are uh, yeah. The choice people, only the people who need to hear it, hear it. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Well, 
one could one could surmise that such a thing is true yeah and what about the music tell well, us about because that relates right back. well when you asked about music this morning i had been not really thinking about music i i was watching a movie oh. <laughs> so i had to start it last night and i wanted to watch the rest of it and since you weren't awake i I watched the rest of it, and then when you asked, I was thinking, music, what? Because the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to match the music with something that's been happening with this whole process, and and I was thinking, what am I feeling this week? Um, About my personal journey on this, I'm feeling um, actually really positive. I feel good. Uh, The the appointments I've had and the things that I've been hearing, it, it, I feel like the knowledge that I'm gaining about everything has made me feel a little bit more secure in what is going to happen. Um, and not feeling quite so, uh, like, Oh my gosh, what's, what's in store for me? I feel like I have had a bit of, I love the, the, idea that there's this nurse navigator that there's somebody that's navigating you through this map and that you will get to the other side so so i felt pretty positive this week and especially because a lot of the news has been good and about as good as you can get with a cancer um diagnosis so so i was thinking what what would represent that you know and but then I thought about the Ace of Wands. I thought about pulling the Ace of Wands. And uh, people might recall that a while ago I was doing this matching of songs to uh, to tarot cards just for fun. I was uh, That was uh, for an assignment called What's My Jam at the tarot class. And so I thought, I wonder what song I chose for Ace of Wands. I just didn't remember. And the song I chose was Songs from the Wood. And what I'd written in my notes um, was uh, some of the key notes of the of the card. And I had said, thinking of the wand, which is um, defined as a phallic staff of living wood with green and vibrant leaves... And it represents initiation, creativity, and potential, one and all and all in one, as I mentioned earlier. So, but the other thing that I loved about it was that it was saying, let me bring you songs from the wood to make you feel much better than you can know. You know that, and the whole thing about the... um, let me bring you love from the field, poppies red and roses filled with summer rain to heal the wound and still the pain that threatens again and again. As you drag down every lover's lane. Lifelong celebrations here. here. Yeah. I'll toast you all in penny cheer. I just... I, I've always loved this song. Yes. Uh, for me, Jethro Tull, as everybody knows, is very important to Bill and I both yeah. um, in our lives. But I always love the minstrel sorts of uh, well, there's something There's something uh, madrigal-like.
like in the in that song too. Yeah. Just because of the, oh, I just the love the vocal it. harmonies and yeah. I love the way it starts. I love the. It's just I've always so, love to hear a. I would always love to hear a barbershop quartet sing songs from the woods. I bet they could, they could really kill it. They could really do it. Well, and right. especially I just love that when they're singing. That, Ian just sounds overjoyed. You know that whole. He just seems like the representation of lifelong celebration it's just sort of like flinging out to everyone i'm giving you you know like greetings well met fellow hail i am the it's just so wonderful i am the wind to fill your sail i am the cross Cross to to take take your your nail nail. Yeah. yeah i love the lyrics i love the song and so then i just thought yeah that's that's representative of what I'm feeling right now. I may not feel it the whole time. I'm not saying I will, but uh, but the more that I can imbue this period of my life with that Ace of Wands and keep that in my mind yeah. through this whole process. The healthier you're going to be throughout. Yeah, yeah, that's what I feel. Let me bring you songs from the woods to make you feel much better than you could know better than you could dust know. you down from tip to toe dust you down from tip to toe show you how the garden grows show you how the garden hold grows hold you steady as you go hold steady as you join go. the chorus if you can it'll make you an honest man let me bring you love from the fields Poppies, red and roses filled with summer rain To heal the wound and still the pain The threatens again and again As we drag down every lover's lane Life's long celebrations here I'll post you all in Let me bring you all things refined Gallyhides, lute song served in chilling ale Greetings well met fellow hail I am the winter fill your sail I am the cross to take your nail A singer of these ageless times With kitchen prose and gutter rhymes
me bring you love from the fields Poppies red and roses filled with summer rain To heal the wound and still the pain The threatens again and again As you drag down every love and lane Life's long celebrations here I'll post you all Songs from